Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro, and welcome to another in-between guest episode, IBG, aka IBG episode. Let's talk tools. Uh, For the longest time, uh, probably the first several years of my business, I was of the motto of get what you need at the time, meaning, you know, if you needed a particular wrench or socket size for a particular bolt on one of your mowers or to get the blades off, you know, or um, a, a, a specific rake or, you know, hand pruners or loppers, you know, these are all things that I accumulated over time. I never just like went out and said, all right, I'm going to need a, a whole set of this or a whole bunch of these, you know. I never went and got a whole drill set or a whole socket set or a whole entire combo thing, all all that stuff together, you know, or got a bunch of rakes and shovels and got hand pruners and loppers. And, you know, I, 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 ne- I never got, did that because I never needed all that stuff like all at one time. It was always like a, a new job, especially when I first started out because it was, I was doing a lot of new things, pretty much everything. I mean, other than just cutting grass, every other thing after that was something new that I wasn't a hundred percent familiar with. And I usually didn't have the right tools for, or there was a better tool out there or a piece of equipment. You know, I did, I did a lot of renting if there was any kind of heavy powered, you know, equipment that was needed, uh, for some of these jobs, even like hedge trimmers, you know, early on my first year or two, I didn't have hedge trimmers or anything. Literally all I started with was a 21 inch, uh, walk behind, you know, self-paced, quote unquote, push mower, Husqvarna homeowner version. I had that, uh, a trimmer and a blower, uh, not even a backpack blower, a, a Ryobi hand blower and a Ryobi hand trimmer. So it was like, you know, the low, homeowner low special there is, is what I had for my home. And that's what I started my business with part-time. And then when I went full-time, I didn't realize that probably wasn't going to fly. So I needed to invest in some some more commercial things. But that, that was what I started with, and I had nothing else. I'm, I might have had like a, you know, a, a random rake from my house to rake up leaves and things like that, you know, a snow shovel, you know, that, and that was about it. I didn't have tarps. I didn't have more than one rake. I didn't have, a, you know, there's a lot of different types of rakes out there. There's better rakes than others, you know, metal, metal rakes, um, smaller rakes, larger rakes. Versus just like plastic rakes and things like that. There's there's such a variety out there, and if you don't know, you don't know until you just start inquiring about these things. And I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't didn't have any of these extra tools like hedge trimmers, for example. So when I first started getting jobs to trim hedges, or one of the first jobs I ever got was pruning crepe myrtles. I didn't even know what a crepe myrtle was. I had to look it up, watch a whole bunch of YouTube videos like, oh, yeah, this is pretty common sense. I mean, I kind of had a basic gist of pruning and whatnot. Just I just, you know, wasn't a horticulturist or arborist that knew all of the different types of trees and bushes and how and when to prune them properly, you know. But I I had some basic concepts and, uh, you know, so I was like, all right, yeah, but I needed loppers and uh, a handsaw. You know, some people use I mean, now I have a pruning saw, you know, attachment for my my, uh, my combi unit, my steel combi unit, so I can get high up branches and all kinds of stuff from, you know, 
trees with dead branches or just limbing some trees up that you can't reach or get on a ladder and then get up even higher. I use that for crepe myrtle sometimes too. Some of the bigger limbs, you know, instead of busting out a regular chainsaw, I'll use the, the pruning saw because I can get up higher up in the tree and, uh, you know, knock out a couple of the, the bigger branches that are maybe are, are dying off or just bashing into the house or something and do all that. But back when I first started, I didn't, I didn't have that or anything. I just had, I had nothing. So I'm like, all right, well, I need loppers for the smaller branches. And okay. They say hand saws, you know, so that you can saw off the bigger things, but man, that is exhausting. You're up there in the tree, just sweating and, and sawing away for what seems like an eternity. But you know, that, that is the best and cleanest cut, cleanest way to be honest and using chainsaws and things like that on a crepe myrtle or living trees and things, you know, you, it's, that's really, you're really supposed to, you know, like the horticulturists and, and, and uh, arborists and the professionals cringe at that kind of stuff. You know, they, they want more of the hand tools. But the point is, I didn't have any of that stuff. So I, I did the research and I figured out what I needed. And I went and I just got the couple of things that I needed, loppers and handsaw. Of course, I got the cheapest, most affordable ones. And I still have b- both of those to this day, but I've upgraded uh, I still have the same handsaw. It's a really nice handsaw. I think it's like Corona or something. The, that brand Corona is a really good brand for a lot of hand tools. Um, so, I mean, it still works great. I keep it in the back seat, uh, under the back seat in the truck for on occasion when I need it. Uh, I've gotten some uh, new loppers over time because eventually they just start, you know, especially when you don't get the nice heavy duty ones. Like I didn't start off with the nice heavy duty ones. It was like another low special or something. <laughs> And, you know, eventually they get dull. Of course, you can sharpen them, but they just kind of really get all wonky and worn out. And I use and abuse that one so much that it just it doesn't matter how much you sharpen it. All the rest of the parts and the handles and everything are just not not as functional. So that's kind of just stays in my garage at home. So if we need to clip anything around our house, stuff like that. So I've since, you know, moved on to heavy duty uh, loppers, like lifetime warranty stuff and all that, which is really expensive when you're first starting out. That's not, you're not even thinking about that. So you're like, what? 80 bucks. What? You know, 50 bucks. What? Like, you know, you're just looking for 20, 30 bucks. And even that's like, what? But you need loppers. So you just got to do what you got to do. So that's just one of many examples, right? I didn't have a chainsaw. I think I did actually have a chainsaw from a homeowner, like a craftsman chainsaw, but it barely worked, but I used it for, you know, early on when there's random, like, trees down and cleanups that needed to be done. I actually, I used that the first year that I went full time, the winter going into spring after I quit retail and started really hitting the ground, running, doing a lot of guerrilla marketing and trying to brand my grow and brand my business and just get, get my foot in the door there and start getting some, some clients. I was just driving around neighborhoods, going door to door, Whenever I would see like, you know, a yard that needed to be cleaned up, whether it was a bunch of leaves, which is super intimidating, but I was just trying whatever I could, uh, overgrown grass or trees that were down, uh, limbs and things like that. And I would just knock on the door. Hey, do you need me to, do you need help cleaning that up? I can take care of that for you. I could just put it in the back of my pickup truck and haul it away, cut it up into a bunch of pieces and boom. And most of the time I got doors slammed in my face or, you know, no thank you and things like that. But there was a few that, that said, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Or, you know what? Or, or like, yeah, how much would you charge? And then whatever I made up, probably like a hundred bucks or something was like my, my going theme. Like, you know, that sounds like a lot when you're first starting out and you have no idea and you're like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And, and, but, but in all reality, you probably needed to charge twice, two or three times that not realizing. Um, but you know, then, then, you know, uh, 
I probably said a hundred bucks to this one guy. And he was like, how about this? How about I pay you 50 bucks cash and I help you load it, load it up in your truck. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, like, sure. Why not? <laughs> it's like, but he's just looking to make even more of a better deal than, than what, you know, I was already going to be giving him at a hundred bucks for cutting up, you know, a couple of massive tree limbs that were in his uh, front yard and then put them in, in my truck bed. It filled up my entire truck bed. So, but anyway, I did have a chainsaw and I used that right right away, but that kind of died out quick. So I kind of stopped doing any of those types of type of work because I didn't have a chainsaw for the longest time until recently. Um, so, you know, I, I, uh, I didn't have hedge trimmers, like I said. So I found a rental place local that rents all kinds of stuff from, you know, skid steers and, and, and backhoes and uh, mini excavators to lawnmowers and trimmers, grass trimmers, you know, weed whackers, whatever you want to call them, to uh, backpack blowers, to hedge trimmers, to chainsaws, all that. I never rented a chainsaw, but I mean, those are just examples of a lot of things, that different things that you could rent. All I ever rented from there was uh, a hedge trimmer and a dingo. Um, you know, like one of those, um, you know, little, little mini, um, it's really hard to explain, but you know, it's just got a little bucket, different attachments you can put on the front, kind of like a super mini excavator, you know, and you just, you stand on it and it's got tracks and you just ride around, um, and you can scoop up dirt, rocks, mulch, whatever, and move material around and dump it wherever you need to without having to use wheelbarrows and, and all that kind of stuff. So that, that's really good when you're doing a lot of hardscaping. Uh, that really comes in handy, even if you just put like a pallet fork on it and you lift up some smaller pallets of stones to get it from the front of the house to the back. If you're putting in a patio, things like that, um, you know, the, the dingoes, they're, 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 they're really handy because they're, and they're smaller and more compact and you just stand on them or sitting. It's not a, not as big and bulky and not as expensive and so on. But I did rent that a few times to do some larger mulch jobs, like all over a property, you know, like 20 yards of mulch by myself, you know, up and down hills, things like that. So I, I utilize the dingo to just scoop and dump, scoop and dump all over the property and then just walk around and spread it all, you know, over the course of an entire eight hour, eight to 10 hour day. Um, but other than the dingo, it was really just the hedge trimmers that, that I rented. But so that was another example. I rented hedge trimmers and I did a whole bunch of hedge trimming jobs all over the place as part of like, you know, ultimately as part of cleanups, you know, pulling weeds and cleaning up leaves and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I, you know, I, t- I don't remember how, when, how long it was before I actually bought my first pair of hedge trimmers. So that was how I was, that, that was my mentality when I first started out because, you know, by default, right. I didn't have any cash flow really coming in, you know, and, and I was just trying to make things happen with what I had and what I, what I absolutely needed for new jobs. I would buy that, but I would try and be smart about it make sure that it was something that I was going to continue to use because I wanted it to be, jo- and I, I tried to pick jobs that I would continue to do. Um, you know, there are maybe uh, some, some uh, tools here and there that I don't really use as much that I've acquired over the years. But I mean, over the years, I basically, it's like when I need something, when I discover I need something to f- usually to fix stuff and I don't have it, or it's at home in my garage, I add it to my toolbox or my tool bag, actually, technically, um, in, in the back of my backseat of my truck or wherever, put it in the, in the toolbox in the trailer, you know, combination of the two. So this way I have it with me versus it being at my house or not having it at all. You know, I've made lots of purchases over the years, you know, got a couple of different ladders, things like that. Um, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy, not the big arborist ladders, those things, those three-legged, you know, 
uh, ladders are amazing, but they're super expensive. I've never invested in one of those yet. Um, so, but I say all that to say that in hindsight, like for example, sockets, I have like a, a whole variety of a hodgepodge of different brands, sizes, and types of sockets. And it really would have saved me time and money had I just the first time I needed a socket what for whatever it was, you know, taking the blades off my mower or, you know, I don't know, fixing something on, on my mower, you know, all the random bolts, you know, taking the, all the different size bolts on some of the mowers, um, and, and trying to fix something or take something off or, you know, re, uh, replace a tire or what, whatever it happens, happened to be. There's been plenty of times I've had to tighten bolts or take bolts out and, repl- and, and put them back in to, after I fix something, so from the very first time that I needed a socket for some sort of, you know, mechanical thing, instead of just going out and getting a socket and being cheap and getting a socket just for that one thing, I really should have just bit the bullet and invested in a socket set because then I would have had it all this time and I wouldn't have had to keep running to the store every time I needed another size because that's really frustrating. It sl- slows me down in so many ways. And ultimately it's probably more expensive. If, if you add up all the loose sockets that you have, all the random different brands, different prices, you know, for different brands versus just getting a whole matching set of one brand of one type, then, you know, you, you probably end up spending more money with all the loose sockets versus, especially if you get like, you know, around the holidays is a great time to buy tools at the the big box stores and things because they got all the black Friday specials and Christmas specials and things. There's a lot of sales and coupons and all that. So you, there's usually deals on tools so you can get com you know, a whole bunch of like combo sets and a tool bag with a couple of tools or, you know, a socket set that's on sale, 20 bucks off or whatever, and anything to save something. Right. It's all about trying to be as, as uh, frugal as possible. It's not about just spending money frivolously. You know, you want to be res- fiscally responsible uh, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much cash flow, even as your business is really taking off and you're doing well, you don't want to all of a sudden now go on a shopping spree and just buy everything you, you always wanted all this time as, for, as far as equipment, tools, things like that. Like you still want to be responsible and, and get, get what you need when you need it but be a little bit smarter. Uh, I have said in the past, use what you have, but invest in the best because that is true when it comes to equipment. So it's kind of like, it's weird. Like, I don't know, like tools and accessories and a lot of like the miscellaneous equipment. I haven't had that mentality. I just kind of get like what's cheap and, uh, easily accessible at the time. And, um, you know, when I need it and just get it and that's it versus heavy equipment or powered equipment like trimmers and blowers and mowers, trailers, all that. Um, even a car jack, uh, you know, a car jack to jack up my mowers or jack up my trailer. I could jack up my car, but I've never needed to do that. My truck never needed to do that. Um, actually I think I might have to do it once back in the day, but most vehicles come with some sort of jack anyway to, to take tire off. But, you know, to, to jack up your mower to change the blades or if you got to change a tire on the mower or, or fix a flat or something, uh, or the same thing with your trailer, you got to, you know, jack it up to swap out, you know, your, your tires so you can fix the flat and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, I got a nice quality five ton or whatever it was jack 
So, I mean, when it came to the bigger things like that, I did invest in the best. I used what I had to get by at the time, you know, like a, whatever mowers I had. And, and then I quickly in, invested in, in the, uh, a bigger, better mower and, and all the things I just mentioned. But for some reason, when it came to tools and a lot of miscellaneous accessories, you know, rakes, shovels, tarps, you know, uh, loppers, pruners, all these things, I, I would just end up, you know, getting the cheapest stuff. Are you tired of wasting time looking up addresses and responding to inquiries that are too far away or just not in one of your areas? If you are, then you need to add My Service Area to your website. My Service Area will filter your website inquiries based on the territories that you have created on your My Service Area map. If they are in one of your territories, then they get through to your request page. If they are out of your area, then My Service Area stops them from submitting a request and asks them for their email address. The added value is all the addresses are collected so that you can view the pins on your map. Collecting those addresses will help you improve your route density and assist you with knowing where you can grow your business. My Service Area should definitely be a part of your tool set to create more efficiency. Visit MyServiceArea.com slash Nailer for a special offer or click the link in the podcast description. My Service Area. Toro's brand new battery-powered Revolution Series products are changing the lawn care industry. With all-day runtime from the innovative Hypercell battery system, you can expect to power through your entire day, every day. Head to revolution.toro.com to see how Toro is transforming the game with the latest equipment innovations. Or click the link tree in the episode description to get you there fast. I would just end up, you know, getting the cheapest stuff. And a lot of times things would break or uh, they just wouldn't work as properly. And I'd end up just having to buy a better, heavy duty or quality version of that anyway. And then I have two of them, which has come in handy uh, over the years later on down the road. But still, the lesser quality stuff is kind of like a backup or the second one for the guy that, you know, just didn't get the right, the, the good one in time or something, you know. And now he's over there struggling with a less productive paraloppers or whatever it is, you know, the rake that's got some bent or missing tines, you know, the tarp that's got a bunch of rips and holes in it, like whatever, you know, like that I still keep some of that stuff around because if it still does work, it still works in case of an emergency or we just really need to double up or triple up on, on some, on something so we can hurry up and get a particular job done. But had I just invested in the best of those things right out the gate, then I wouldn't I wouldn't have had to spend, you know, twice as much money or whatever. So, you know, there's just different philosophies there. And I, I was just thinking about this a lot recently because yet again, because I, 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 another thing, I have two different mowers, two grandstands, one grandstand multi-force and one regular grandstand by Toro and the new grandstand multi-force, they kind of changed the whole spindle system for their, their blades and their deck and everything. So the bolts a different size than the regular Toro grandstand bolts. So I had to get, it's like slightly smaller. So I had to get the next size smaller um, socket so that I could take those bolts off and change my blade. So now I've got two almost identical sockets. And the other day I was changing my blades and I grabbed the wrong one thinking to myself, I bet this is the wrong one. I think I need the other one, but I just went with it anyway. And it just didn't even like, it just like, you know, almost stripped a bolt. I'm like, oh gosh, 
good thing I didn't mess anything up there. And I had to go swap out the smaller socket. And I'm like, man, this is so ridiculous that I have 20, I have cobalt number 20 and cobalt number 21. Like what in the world? I should have just gotten a dang socket set. Cause now I got all these random miscellaneous sockets just laying around in my tool bag that I got to go rummaging for, you know, to, to find them. And it's organization is key too. So if you get a socket set, they usually come in like a little case or something so you can keep them together better. So it's just kind of one of those things that I, I think about whenever this stuff happens and I'm just like, ah, you know, like another example, I had, I had a bike pump. I'm not sure if I already had this bike pump from, for my family and I's bikes, um, or I bought it specifically for if I need to, you know, if I get a flat or I just have, you know, lose some tire pressure on, on the mowers and I need to fill them up or the trailer tires and so on, which that kind of stuff, you can go find a, a pump at a gas station, you know, and you can fill up your vehicle tires, your trailer tires a lot quicker and better for that than any other kind of hand pump. But, um, at least for your mowers, you can, you can, and, and uh, my, my wheelbarrows and stuff like the hand pump really comes in handy. The bike pump comes in handy, but here I am, you know, hand pumping bike tire or, uh, mower tires and things like that. And it's, it's, it's super inefficient. So years and years go by and I finally am like, I finally just get one of these battery operated, um, you know, electric um, air inflators or whatever, you know, pumps, electric pumps. And you just, you just put it on any tire and you, you, you can set the, the PSI that you need and you just pull the trigger or you flick the switch or whatever for mine, you pull the trigger. Every brand's kind of got a different thing. And, uh, and, and it just fills up, fills it up till it gets to that PSI. So I can use that to top off, you know, my, my trailer tires. It's doesn't work as well for my truck tires because my truck tires are so, so much bigger. And the PSI is like 80, um, on, on the back anyway, and 60 on the front. So the trailer tires are 65. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it just is a lot quicker to, to, to fill up and top off the trailer tires. We'll just say that with, with that pump, then, um, you know, then, then, then the truck tires, which I don't normally have to do anyway, they usually are pretty good at holding up the pressure, but you know, trailer tires are got all kinds of weird issues with the air and everything, hot, cold, and it changes all the tire pressure. Plus you're always, I don't know about you guys, but I'm always, I know it does happen to everyone probably. Um, and I've seen it before on social media, but there's always, you're always catching something on a tire. You're always, uh, getting, getting slow leaks and flats and whatnot. So it's, I got this electric pump now so I can quickly fill everything up and, and it is very quick. I mean, it, it kills the battery pretty quickly too. It comes with two batteries, the one I got. So it does go through one battery pretty fast. If you're filling up a, a trailer tire from scratch, you know, like it's flat, you plugged it and then now you're filling it up from scratch or you're going to all four. I've got a dual axle uh, trailer. So if you're filling up, to, you know, topping off all four or filling up all four, if they're really low, you know, you, 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 you suck the battery power down pretty good. But again, there's two batteries, so it's fine. It's not like you'll be stuck in the middle of trying to fill up your tires and then you run out of battery power. You just swap the batteries out and then charge them overnight. The mower tires, perfect. You know, that that, that thing and that pump is perfect for those because, you know, the PSI is, I don't even remember what it is, like 30 or 35 or something like that or whatever. Uh, so it's, it's, it's uh, a lot faster, obviously, because there's a lot less air you need to fill up in there. So it, that that's just another one of those game changer things. It's got a little... A little flashlight on it 
so you can see, you know, like a lot of times it seems like it's, it's dark when you're trying to do this, when you're fixing flats or filling up tires and whatnot. So it's got a little light on there. So when you pull the trigger, it lights up so that you can see what you're filling up and what you're doing. Uh, so that's convenient. It's got a little bag that it comes in to carry everything in. So that's just another example of something that I could have and should have invested in a long time ago, but I waited till like a year ago or something to finally get it after like six or seven years. It was either a year or two ago that I finally got one. And I mean, it wasn't cheap. I think it was like 80 bucks, hundred bucks. It's not like it's, you know, nothing, but, uh, it's, it's not no, you know, bike pump by any means, but, uh, it's worth the investment. You know, once you buy it, then that's it. It's done. It's not like you have to spend that money constantly. You just buy that and, and that's it. You keep charging the batteries every so often and you're good to go. It's great for emergencies to keep in the back of your truck, backseat of your truck or in a toolbox or whatever in your trailer. And this way you always have it in case of an emergency. If you get a flat or you just got to top off your your uh, tires, make sure they're at the right tire pressure, um, you know, every day or whatever, that really comes in handy. It makes it super quick, very quick work uh, of that whole scenario. And a lot of these things also help out with my personal life too. Like anytime I need to fill up my bike tires, you know, my, me or many of my family's bike tires, I can just use that pump now. I don't even use hand pumps unless we're out on the trail out somewhere together and we need to fill up a tire or something. I have my bag with you know, extra tubes and, and, um, you know, inner tubes and, and, and the hand pump so that we can do stuff on the fly in a nice small compact one versus the bigger one that I had, um, that I was using before for everything that before I got that electric pump. But now I just use the electric pump at home, you know, in the garage, fill everything up real quick, boom, boom, two seconds. Do we need to inflate something like an inflatable thing, you know, over the years when the kids were, uh, well, this is only a couple of years ago since I've gotten that. So it wasn't when the kids were younger, but, uh, I know for our dog, for example, our puppy that we have now, we, we got like a, a, a pool, you know, a little inflatable pool. You, you blow it up and then you fill it up with water and she can play in, in the pool and all that. So that's cute, but that's super fast and easy for me to just, it comes with all the different little nozzle attachments you know, like a lot of pumps do, whether you're the little needle to fill up like basketballs and footballs, which I've also used that pump for. We've got lots of basketballs and footballs around the garage that we use, um, at s soccer balls, all that. So you got the needle, you got the little, whatever the other thing is that you can stick in, <clears throat> you know, inflatable things like a pool and whatnot. So I can't think of other examples that I've used that for around the house, but there's been plenty of times that I just pull, go into my truck take it out the back and use it to inflate things all over the house, you know, or, or fix things all over the house. So that's, it's just one of those convenient things. It's, it's a work expense. It's a tax write off in that sense, but you can use it for all kinds of stuff, not just for work, but also for, for pleasure, for personal stuff, you know? So it's just one of those things that I just, just trying to give examples of how I, I learned over the years of while, yes, I still believe in use what you have but, but then invest in the best when you can, like, don't just keep buying cheap stuff, invest in something really good, high quality. That's going to last like electric, you know, pump, like I, like I said, or, you know, really nice equipment, blowers, trimmers, mowers, and all that. But I mean, I didn't have that philosophy for everything, unfortunately. So I'm, I'm kind of living and learning those lessons in life. I'm accumulating all these random tools in my tool bag had that, that had I just, invest in, in a kit or something, you know, back in the day, like I said, a socket, you know, set or, you know, this, this set or that kit or this kit or whatever, 
I would have things more organized and have everything that I always needed all the time and not have to worry about constantly going to the store. Cause then it'd be like in the middle of the night and stores would be closed, you know, or almost closed by the time I get them rushing around and it, it just, it just becomes a hassle. So I could have avoided all that had I just been like, you know what, let me just bite the bullet and take a little, spend a little extra money this time. I'll make it up, you know, cause you end up spending that money ultimately anyway. You think that you don't have the money, but you end up spending that money over time anyway. And like I said, if not more, uh, because you're buying it all separately instead of buying it all together, usually in combos and kits, you can usually save a little bit of money that way. So I'm just trying to share some living and learning experiences with you guys when it comes to tools and, and or equipment, really. Um, that's just kind of the things that I, I scratch my head and I'm still dealing with some of those decisions. Like I said a little while ago, I haven't these random sockets that are very similar to each other. And I could have just gotten a set that, you know, has 18, 19, 20, 21, you know, whatever, like, you know, has all the, the sizes there, all the numbers. And I could just grab whichever one I need, you know, right, right out of the, the, the box or the kit and the bag, whatever comes in and just easily stay organized and fix whatever I need to fix and not, I mean, I've used vice grips and wrenches and all kinds of stuff over the years, just to, just to make it work, to fix things, take things apart, tighten things, whatever, because I don't have the right, you know, tool set, you know, I don't have the right setup and I don't, I don't, you don't need this big, massive NASCAR toolbox, you know, setup, you know, thousands of dollars, those things that you see, you know, in people's garages, the big red ones or whatever. And they got all these beautiful drawers that come out and all the sockets and all the wrenches are all placed all beautifully organized. Like I'm not talking about that kind of stuff that's above and beyond. I just mean some basic kits and sets and things like that. It would have just made, it it just would and will make things so much easier. So I'm definitely going to try and, uh, look out for those, those uh, upcoming holiday deals, right? (laughs) And try and pick up some sets of some different things and, and try and, uh, clean up some of these kind of issues that I'm talking about. Um, but I already have, you know, like, like I also said, started investing in other stuff. So just, just keep all that in mind when you, when you realize you need something and you're going to go buy it or you're contemplating buying it, think to yourself, well, should I get the cheapest thing or should I get what's going to last? What's going to be the most productive, something I can grow into. Is this something that comes in a set or a kit? Can I maybe find a better deal or bargain and just get multiple types, sizes or whatever it is and, you know, get the most for my money. And this way later on down the road, if I need this particular thing, I already have it because it came with the kit or it's in this set. Just, just think about those things. So I'm just trying to give you guys some uh, some helpful tips here. The hot, hot summers, summer months, dog days of summer, just things on my mind. Like I've said before, just trying to share them with you guys and hopefully give you guys some value. Keep banging out these episodes two a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. So thank you guys for listening. This one really is kind of short and sweet compared to my typical IBG episodes. Um, but that's, that's all I got for this one. Um, you guys finish off the week strong, stay cool and hydrated. Um, hope you guys have been listening to all the other great podcasts out there as well. Hope you guys are going to be going to the equip expo, formerly the GIE plus expo. If so, I hope to see you soon. Don't, don't forget if you haven't registered yet to use code LCR, Uh, The link is in the show, in the episode description there for you. And there's lots of events, live panel on uh, Thursday morning, which I talked about on episode 
scratch that. I didn't talk about the live panel yet, but I will be talking about that soon. So stay tuned for an upcoming episode about that. But the good old live podcast live panel that uh, that that we we put together last last year it was on Friday morning. Now it's on Thursday morning. But I'll give you all the details of that and who's going to be there um, on a future episode coming soon. Stay tuned for that. But I did talk about uh, the Equip Expo, all the new updates, and the rally. Uh, coming up. So um, that's on episode 163, just a few episodes ago. So you can check that out. Um, and, and again, the links to all that is also going to be in the episode description for you to register for the rally if you haven't done that as well. That is free. Uh, thanks to Echo and, and, and all the other sponsors. So I, I look forward to see you guys at all those things or some of those things, or at least at the expo itself, if you can't make it to any of the other events. Um, hopefully you'll at least make it to the expo. It's worth it. I know we all talk about it and hype it up, but it really is. It's a great time. So, um, I've talked about this. I've got a whole series actually last year, many, many, uh, episodes, like four weeks worth of episodes, I believe talking about the, the, the now equip expo and everyone's experience, all different folks from, uh, previous vendors to other contractors like myself and a combination of the two, um, and, and, you know, like Corey Ballard and, um, Jonathan, uh, Potoshnik with lawn care millionaire, all, all kinds of folks. Um, you know, some of the bigger brands, you know, like echo and, uh, uh, uh Ken Osberg, um, the VP of, uh, marketing and so many other different people, um, or marketing director, I think, I, I'm sorry, I forgot exact his exact title, but the, the marketing guy, <laughs> uh, Ken Osberg, forgive me there. Um, but you know, I've, I've talked to many, I, I also talked to, uh, to, to Wayne, the, you know, he, he's the VP of the, <laughs> of, uh, echo marketing. Anyway, I was, I talked to so many people, uh, about the equip expo and the GIE and all that. So, uh, and all the experiences last year. So there's lots of episodes. You can check that out and catch up on, on that. Um, you can just easily go in whatever podcast platform you're listening to, whether it be Spotify or Apple. You can click on the search and type in GIE Expo, Equip Expo, see and see all the different episodes that not only I have, but all the other podcasts out there in our industry that have also talked about that, such as the Green Industry Podcast, for example. I know Paul talks about the GIE and the Equip Expo quite a bit every year to get everybody hyped up and stay informed, uh, such as I. So definitely check all that out and I, I look forward to, to like I said seeing you guys there um, thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast and until the next episode guys this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off this has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production